my opinions of pregnant women were different prior to, to this sounds like pregnancy fetish it, it's not a pregnancy fetish i've not felt the pregnancy point jesus Hello everybody and welcome to the fifth episode of Overly Honest Dads. This is the podcast that gives you an honest look at what fatherhood is really like. My name's Matt, I'm honoured to be your host and I'm joined as ever by the questionable individuals are Magnus. Hello everyone. And John. Hello, hello. How are we doing? Not too bad. Yeah? Not too bad. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing, John? Yeah, all good, man. Life is beautiful. Mm. Cool. Agreed. Yeah. So just to kick things off, I thought I'd give you guys a quick update because last week um, we talked about how I was about to have the first ever date alone with Amelie. And it was scary. You probably remember really? you being quite scared about the whole prospect. They are mm. both still alive, I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are still alive. We're still alive. We're healthy for the most part. Um, but yeah, it was a big deal. And so I just wanted to start off by telling you guys that thankfully it all went well. Now, John, you mentioned at the time that it was quite likely Amelie would end up um, crying for her mother. Thankfully that didn't happen. Excellent. Yeah. Round of applause really? for this yeah. guy. Fantastic. He's lying. No, no he wants to be right. No, really? no, no. It was it was fine. The whole day was absolutely yeah. fine. There was no there was no crying. Like sometimes she cries a bit when it comes to nap time. She doesn't like going down for naps. Mm. And so I kind of had to cuddle her a little bit mm. until she fell asleep. And usually we don't leave her asleep in, in our bed upstairs. Mm. But I made an exception. And this is probably where sort of dad ingenuity comes in mm-hmm. i've managed to build like a fort around her using blankets and pillows yeah so she could sleep in the middle of our double bed and oh. there was no risk of her rolling off and hurting herself so engineering oh engineering <laughs> yeah. you'll remember this when they start watching cbb's yeah remember engineering when they start watching cbb's why dads out there would know oh it's one of these like they'll get on cbb's and they'll never get off till they're about six or seven mm-hmm and there is these annoying programs with repetitive little songs like the engineering one, and then they stick to your head. And anytime you say, oh, it's this dad, you know, building stuff, and, it's like, and all you got in your head going, engineering, oh, engineering. Oh, but I already have that, but it's from, you know, these German toys that came over from Germany. <laughs> and I, I might get one so you can hear the sounds that they make, but I already have it, but from toys. I'll see if I can find one. But I did actually want to ask about Mr. Tumble. I, yeah. What the hell is, how is he not in prison? He looks like a, like, my wife hates me saying this. Oh no, he's a lovely man. Mr. Tumble looks like a pedophile. He's the new Jimmy Savile. Like, it's Magnus, so weird. Have you seen Mr. Tumble? No, guys. Like, All right, I'm going to have to research Mr. Tumble right now. Like, it's honestly, he it's just, creepy, he doesn't seem like he should be allowed near kids. No, no. It just seems really creepy. Um, I, 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 I don't know. My wife hates me for saying it, but he's just, he, 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 he's creepy, I, mate. I know this guy. He's, he's not that bad. Oh, d- dude. And, and then he always like has access to disabled kids. It's like, to me, he has I, I think. access to disabled kids. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like for me, it's like a repetition of the Jimmy Savile situation. Like, I, I just think that this guy has too much access to kids. It just seems a bit weird. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to get sued by the BBC for saying this, but it just, it makes me feel very awkward watching it. The kids love him. Like yeah. they want to watch Mr. Tumbles all the time, but it's just so freaky, man. Yeah. And the reason I mention it is because I had a moment where I had to put some washing out and um, I, there's not much I could do other than put Amelie in her playpen right here. But at the moment she has a little bit of separation anxiety. So if she's ever away from me or Alex, she'll just cry. Really? Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only come on in the last few weeks, but yeah. like if we leave her on her own in a room, she'll just start crying. Yeah. So 
we we never let her watch telly really, mm-hmm. but we I put Mr. Tumble on because it came up on YouTube when I searched nursery rhymes, and yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you meant that. So well, I, I can see one of his shows that he's got is called Something Special. <laughs> Up your bum. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Okay. Um, yeah, so so everything I went... Do not I, edit that in post. That's amazing. Gold. <laughs> don't, so, yeah, um, the whole day went well. Um, Alex came home. Everything was fine. Good. But then another update is on Saturday... We had a serious vomit incident. Oh no! So Tell we, us more we were about. due to go to the Walthamstow Garden Party, which is mm-hmm. like a two-day-long like festival thing. There's like kids' sensory play stuff. So we thought we'd go along and have a have an enjoyable family day out. And then I was making my breakfast, probably about nine in the morning, and Alex shouts, "Emily's been sick." It was a huge pile of sick and it stank. It was really, really bad. And so we cleaned up. Um, uh, Amelie's, Amelie had like a bath in the sink upstairs. Got, Can I ask one? What, what did it What did it smell like? Oh, I don't really know, but it wasn't like yeah. normal. It was worse than normal sick. Really? You know, well, like, it was an acidy smell. Yeah. It was just, just vile. It was really? just horrific. Well, what did it taste like? <laughs> um, mm, vintage of three days. Yeah, it tasted like a mature cheddar. <laughs> Um, but then she vomed another seven times over the next like hour and a half. No. Nice, and it was like it was just at the end, just bile. Oh um, no, poor little chicken. Yeah, and she was. It was the first time since she was very little that she actually just lay on my chest and nodded off and fell asleep because she was so weak. Oh um, bless. And then Alex picked her up off my chest all of a sudden, and then bruh, more came out. <laughs> oh, did it hit you in the mouth? No. Oh I, I generally. I mean, Am I the only one that eats shit and drinks piss and does everything? I, this has not like, happened to me yet. Seven pukes, nothing happens to you. Like, no, I, mean, I probably we, would end up swimming in it or something. Alex and I had vomit on us. Like, yeah. it's hard to avoid, but I didn't eat any, no. Um, no. I, I ate my breakfast, well, <laughs> as much as I could before the next bomb hit. Um, um, but you know what's crazy? She recovered like that. Like, it yeah. was insane. Yeah. So we, we, there's a local doctor. We took her to the doctors. She had a feed whilst we were waiting there. We got her back here. They just said it was a, probably a stomach bug, so no solid food the rest of the day, and then mm. reintroduce it slowly. Mm-hmm. But when we got home, she was fine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. absolutely fine mm-hmm. and if I vomed eight times I'd probably still be moaning about it two or three days later I mean, I'm not a massive... you're a bitch I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean you, you have a point you've been going um, on for two weeks like oh I vomed two weeks ago yeah <laughs> your baby's tough man I've seen her Just honestly like... yeah she's hardcore so it's been a, a bit bit of a roller coaster mm. for us but um but yeah um I've monopolized the microphone what what have you guys been up to in the last week John, after you. Oh, Christ. Um, our kids are, are finishing off in school because we're going off on holiday on Tuesday, which is quite nice. Uh, Can I ask you something about this? I, do you know intuitively when the goddamn holidays are going to be? Do you have in your mind when, around, roughly, when they're going to be? Wife, tell, we kids, wife tells me I pay for the holiday. That's all I know, <laughs> mate. Like, I ain't got a clue. She's got, she's got the no calendar. idea. The whole year is a blank slate. And the only thing that permeates it is when, potentially, I'm going to go somewhere. Yeah. yeah, but beyond that, it, I, I, in in my mind's eye, I see I see a goddamn calendar. So, yeah, but nothing else. So basically, it, it, your life structures around a holiday in the end. Mm. Um, is the reality, which is what we're doing at the moment. Which 
it's something great. we need to talk about at some point when your kids start growing up and you start noticing, but it's a piss take because everything mm. is monopolized around there. They, you know, their holidays, the flights, everything just skyrockets mm-hmm. when they're on, when yeah, they're off. I've seen they take advantage of that. Which is an absolute piss take. Have you paid any fines yet? No, 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 no. They're, they're just... Because you know you can, is what is it, 60 quid? Depending on the school. can yeah. go up to way more than that. You can okay. actually get sued. So depending on how serious they get about it. But to be honest, the school's ridiculous. The, the crazy thing is, is the thing you'll find out in primary, the last month, they end up doing fuck all. Mm. Like literally, they're like, what did you do to school today? Ah, uh, we, we did garden day. And it's like, what's garden day? You took them out in the garden, just planting flowers. I'm just like, they've learned nothing all day. Like, Watercress. Water yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just on, absolute. On wet kitchen towel. I remember yeah, doing that. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's worth anything. But yeah, they're, they're coming. They're, it's nearly the end of school, which is quite nice. Mm. We're off on holiday next week, which will be quite nice. So I'm looking forward to. And then uh, and then we'll see. But it's it's interesting. It's This year is the last year of having a kid in nursery for us because our little one that's in nursery is going to primary next year. Next oh. year so. He's going to join his brother and sister uh, in the primary school. Oh, that's very I don't know sweet. why I say it with an Italian accent, but uh, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, they uh, it's going to be cool. They're all going to be in the same school. They're going to be yeah. backing each other up. So that's quite cool. Excellent. And one thing I will warn you guys, things that I can't stand. Mm. You now have to get like presents for the teachers at the end of the year. Mm. I don't like... You get a nine weeks holiday a year. You, you, you know <laughs> why you don't like it? You? Because you're not used to a tipping culture. In the US, they love that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're Over not in here, the US, are we? We're not in the US. No, no, no. But we have to, we have to give. Show her a tip. You, like, yeah. Surely an apple for teacher is like a traditional thing. You like you you get them a gift. And yeah. Like, yeah, but not 20 quid to, present to, to be for honest, three kids yeah, or 60 quid, mate. Yeah, like, that's yeah, that is crazy. But I mean, is it mandated? You have to get a present? or is well, You get looked down upon. No, the school they go to, like bloody hell, like it's kind of a must. Yeah, like, and, and even the closing thing, like my wife puts little bags of treats together for every kid in the class. Mm. And they get given out at the end of the year for every kid in the class. I'm just like, we're spending all this money. And I'm just it's like, an unwritten social faux pas to avoid this and not conform with everyone else. So, Romana was a nursery teacher, as you guys know. And yeah, she got showered in gifts. I would get something that would require work on the part of the of the person. So just shaft them a little bit by getting something that might necessitate a bit of effort. Like yeah. a cheese making kit, you know? <laughs> Make them either have That'd to more do than something. Quid. That'd be more than no. 20 you quid. can get them for like a tenner, right? And then and then then they either have to keep something around that they don't want, throw something out which is kind of immoral in a waste, or three <laughs> have to spend their own time making cheese that they're not going to eat and they're going to feel like dickheads. Or so how to that. be a teacher for dummies? <laughs> no, because no, that is probably like bullying or something. Um, but yeah, oh, do, do, do something that, that paintball that, voucher that you can get away Sorry. as a gift, but will actually screw them in some in some kind of way. Um, yeah. yeah, a Pornhub gift card. No, again, you, you, you're sort of not getting the idea here, John. You're not I getting know, the idea. I know. Magnus. But they wind me up. The, by the way, the amount of money they raised this year out of the summer party, they raised something like ten grand. I always wonder where does this fucking money go? Like these primary schools that bring in all this money, everything they do, you have to contribute, give money to, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. where does it all go? Mm-hmm. Well, but it's a mystery and not is. one that we're going to solve today. No, <laughs> sorry. Keep it. Sorry. Magnus. I keep talking. What have you been up to? Or oh, more importantly, been... what's your kid been up to? Oh, Jesus. Goodness me. Quinn has been learning to explore the front room by kind of crawling everywhere. And what does kind of crawling mean? Well, she, you know, she's in that stage where she's figured out that she can move. Yeah. That she has vectors. 
and she can go from one side to the room to the other by doing a weird kind of shuffle thing, yeah? Does it involve rolling over as well, or is it just shuffling or a mixture? Um, so she, she can roll over like no one's business, right? She can just go all over the place. But she, uh, what I mean is on all fours, yeah, she will do this weird kind of like, I don't know, it looks like a fit. <laughs> <laughs> and she does like... All um, the way towards. No one can see great, that. Great for a podcast, by the way. It's for, for, for the benefit of you guys, because I look really bad doing that. And she she will just like go, go off the mat now. So, okay, if you can imagine the front room. The front room, not that big. It's maybe, I don't know, like four metres per side, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine that's so a four or five metres per side. And in the middle is a big old uh, rug. Okay, so the rug has got those foam mats. Now she can't go on the rug because it's one of those those shaggy rugs. We don't want pulling on it, and we 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 got her the foam mats, very much like what you've got as well, Matt. Mm-hmm. Big old space, and that was her space up until two weeks ago. She was confined to that space because she didn't know how to crawl. Yeah, so I work in the front room, and our setup is: if I need to take any phone calls, then Romy will take Quinn to the bedroom. And there's no distraction because she's playing with the toys and I'm fine. So I'm I'm sitting facing the laptop. And the next thing I know is there's this weird feeling behind me. Yeah. And it's it's Quinn tugging on the, the chair. She's got an infatuation with my chair now. So that was when we discovered that she can she can crawl. Uh, and when we saw that, when I saw it, I must admit to you, I absolutely crapped myself. <laughs> it was because it, you know it, it's it's one of those Kids things where that. yeah you know where they're gonna where they're gonna go what they're gonna do what can they pull down what haven't we baby proofed how about at two in the morning you're playing video games and then you notice a shadow on the stairs and it's one of your kids standing on top of the stairs looking at you from above <laughs> and it's just really quietly and it's like Chris why are you standing there and freaking me out are you possessed <laughs> they will do that yeah. they will freak you out as as time goes by yeah I, I I could imagine I could imagine Queen freaked me the hell out because she you know I'll, I'll be I'll I'll be concentrating. I'll be doing whatever on the laptop, just completely zoned out. And I'll turn around and there she will be looking up, looking at me for two eyes, holding the chair leg. And uh, we, we ended up buying one of those baby cages. I call it like a baby dungeon. It's a a foldable thing that opens up. It's it's quite large actually. Is it a white one? White metal one? No, it's it's a metal, metal and green one. Uh, Black and green. No, 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 no. no. It's uh, so that that is about, what's that? A metre and a half per side? Um, Nearly two? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, a metre and a half per side. Ours is 1.2. Okay. Yeah, so a little bit smaller than that. 1.2 per side, it, it, it's it's a it's octagonal. Yeah, yeah, it's like the ones, the one we had was similar, yeah. It yeah, was, but it was so it's like, it's like a mini octagon. But you kind of want to throw babies in there and just you, give them gloves and see what happens. It, exactly, you do, <laughs> you know. I'd be happy to, to, to referee that. Um, but she, she's, she's running around and she's having a really good time. She squeaks a lot now. So... Um, uh, I've I've actually paid for desk space for co-working in an office down the road for me because I can't work at home yep. much anymore. Oh, you'll find that working from home goes out the window. Yeah, it's a luxury. It was an absolute luxury because yeah. I could help out Romana. Mm. Um, uh, but now, nah, mm. little creature is all over the place. She is exploring and she's having an absolute whale of a time. Yeah. It's really fun to watch her. She's a proper bundle of joy right now, guys. You know, yeah. seriously, I love that kid so much. But um, yeah, that's what she's been up to. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for the update. That's all 
very exciting. So for the you main... You don't sound excited, bitch. I am very excited. <laughs> I'm always excited. I'm very happy to be here, and I'm glad you're here with me to share in <laughs> stories of our fatherhood journey. Um, so this week's episode is mostly going to be focused on the subject of sort of the life before kids and the life after kids and kind of focusing on sort of how things change for us because so far we talk a lot about the kids um and sort of you know what their development development is like and what the process of, of becoming a parent is like but you know you have a life beforehand and then when the kid comes your life changes and so we're going to talk about things like um social life the relationship with your partner um fitness um work and also mental health um and how that might be affected um by having kids and why it's important to talk about it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back shortly to talk more shit. Hi, we're back. It's Overly Honest Dads again. Um, we're here, as I mentioned, to talk about the subject of sort of your life before kids and the life after kids because, you know, just on a personal level, it's going to be very different. Um, and the theme of things being different is kind of what we talk about, but you know, this is an, another element of that. So the first thing topic on the list is social life. So Magnus, I remember actually, I think we were talking between recordings last week about the fact that there are certain things that you just don't have time for anymore. Correct. Um, a lot of the hobbies that I previously had are gone. And what hobbies were they? So I was going gym regularly. I had a personal trainer, I was wasting money on that. Not a waste. It was really good. Um, okay. Are you worried that they're listening? <laughs> well, I, I don't think he'd be listening. Okay. Um, Is he yeah. not a dad? No, he's okay. not a dad. Really cool guy, though. Okay. Um, I was. I picked up uh, air rifle shooting. I was going to move on to shooting actual bullets. That was like a real goal for me. Um, I was learning to fix cars. And everything has gone aside from fixing cars because I have to. Okay, out of yeah. necessity. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't tend to go out as much anymore. Um, no, no. Just thinking about it, because I had an argument from Manny the other day, which was like, you're always going out. <laughs> <laughs> what, for the podcast? <laughs> that as well. Um, I'm, always, I'm always going out for a drink with the, with the guys, whereas the, all, the, all the ladies from the NCT group are unable to, but, you know, whatever. Um, sucks to be you, huh? Uh, so there's going to be an argument about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, th there are there are certain sacrifices that you need to make, but in terms of, am I willing to do so because it's Quinn? Yeah, it's pretty fun being with her. Yeah. If I'm honest, um, and I think most of my friends are pretty understanding. Yeah, it, it, it's not basically what I'm trying to say is it's not that big of a change, but there are certain things which were frivolities mm -hmm. that needed to go. Yeah. yeah. Like traveling um, an hour to go air rifle shooting. Like, of course, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I replace it with other things now. Reading books, I'm reading books again. Weren't you learning to fly at one point? I was. Like a plane, not just like trying to be Superman. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was learning to fly in a Cessna one seven eight something what, like that. whatever happened to that did that did that stuff a while ago yeah, oh, yeah right. i stopped and last I just year pay attention yeah no that, that was before quinn was conceived um i just so it, i always wanted to learn to, to fly um and when i actually got in the plane and started to do it came you got scared no 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 I, I love being up in the air love it uh it's it's not as fun as i thought it would be i kind of prefer to be flown instead of doing flying 
Kirk. So he's gonna he's yeah. gonna buy a private yeah. jet. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is a dream of, of mine. Um, but yeah, no, I was speaking to Roman about this the other day. I may pick it up again. Okay. Yeah. I quite like the idea of you flying around in the sky. I don't yeah. know why. We're just walking around, see a plane, and think, oh, it could be Magnus. With, with an afro on the front. Yeah, we're just they're poking out the top of the fuselage because yeah. he don't fit in the cabin. Yeah, true. Yeah, because our, our, our Magnus does, is in possession of a rather impressive curly afro. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's quite dense. It is, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, a lot of afros seem quite fluffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, there, there, are, there are certain things in there which have been lost, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a good afro. It takes what a bit of things in there have been lost. What, you lost Certain animals. Oh, yeah. right. Hamsters. <laughs> Socks. You know, Use maybe condoms. an ironing board. <laughs> Potentially that too. How angry does it make you when someone touches your afro? Um, oh, you can't touch people's hair, man, in general. What the fuck? Yeah, it's like my daily life, dude. You know, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Do you know um, Beyonce's sister, Solange, has an album called Don't Touch My Hair because she has big, like natural um, African-American oh, hair. And, and she had literally called an album, Don't Touch My Hair, because people, I suppose the point is that um, insensitive white people um, then <laughs> fawn and like stroke her as if she yeah. was a puppy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have that, I don't hold that opinion. But I, I to be honest, I don't really mind it that much okay. uh, because my hair is, it, it's different to what you would expect. It's a bit of an experience. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I'm, <laughs> he's on, so honestly, proud. Look I, at you. I, I am. I, I am. Don't, it's nice Do you hair. not have that little bit of across the front anymore? It's gone. When did that go? Got rid of it. Ooh. Stupid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, got, yeah you used to have the little it. thing, didn't you? The Indeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slick it back. The, the, the stylized uh, um, fringe or not, not fringe, but you know what I mean? Like where you, yeah. you move it across. Um, yeah. I used to have that, but now I got rid of it. And yeah, an, afro with, an afro with a comb over. Proper, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. this isn't the afro cast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so um, we, so on the subject of social life, now, John, it's a long time since you became a dad for the first time, but maybe talk us through sort of how things have developed from when Christopher first came along to sort of now and what the changes have been like in the last sort of nine years or so for you. Um, first of all, because I'm Italian, so you need to translate, what's social life? Going out. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> um, literally, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a social guy anyway. I don't know. Um, but social life's changed as in I enjoy things that I didn't enjoy 10 years ago. Like I, I go fishing by myself. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym early in the morning by myself because I don't want to talk to anybody because my house is loud enough. And if I hang around with my mates, I'd rather be in a room doing a podcast than going to a club. Like, that would do my head in. Mm-hmm. I'm a very grumpy old man already, and I'm not even 40 yet, but it's just I can't... I don't like people. I just genuinely don't <laughs> like people. I can't stand it. This I work in human resources, natural. but it's... Yeah. I, I just think it's loud enough at home, and I enjoy my kids, but I just... I think social life left, and I don't think I miss it that much. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I really don't miss it that much. I like my peace and quiet. Um, but you still see like your old friends, like Mr. Sausage, and yeah, but he's family as well because he's my wife's cousin. Yeah, but you still see people that, yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. friends with. So it's not like you're completely cut off. From no, 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 not completely cut off. And I and I see them occasionally. But again, we organise barbecues. It's always family oriented. Orientated. So they will mm-hmm. come round. I'll have a barbecue. The family will come round. We get together. We've got three or four meals booked a year that the family will come round. I meet them to go cinema, but it'd be cinema at 10 o'clock in the evening when there's no one there. So like, we don't like people. I need to ask you guys a question quickly. So, so far I've heard Magnus say, go gym. And I've heard John say, go cinema. What happened to saying go to somewhere? What happened to the word to? Why do you disrespect it so much? 
Why do you not go to places anymore? You know, I'm going, I'm going shop. That doesn't sound right, does it? He's so angry, like, like about the what, smallest what happens, shit. Matt? Why? Why are you angry? But what? like, what happened to talking correctly? To we were just saying now that about idiots on on your on your Facebook group that reject science. So why do you reject language? I, I don't think we're rejecting language. We're just moving forward with the times, and because language evolves, and I think that eventually will become grammatically correct. In it, blood. Simpletons. Simpletons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, social life, John. Sorry for interrupting. That's all right. I'm calling you an idiot. That's um, all right. So, so when I when I when I go gym in it, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna do that all night now. Like I've got him. I, I used to work with someone who said that all the time. Like, oh, I'm going O2 this weekend. It's like, no, you're not. You're going to the O2. Oh, for God's sake. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I'll shut up. That's all right. But when I go in it. <laughs> I just want to pick on it now. I can't like. I love that go. you're so pissed at this, Matt. I love it. Like, the anger. You can see your face. You're just oh like, my god. Oh, <laughs> it's like the king's English has been raped at the moment. Queen, queen, oh queen now. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. Sorry. Oh, do you mean now? It's been since the fifties, John. I know, I know. Oh I'm just god. waiting. For, I'm waiting for her to keel over, and the other guy to take over. I mean, I'm already prepared for it to be king, and like, it's about time. <laughs> the king's English. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Cool. I'm calming down. I'm calming down. <laughs> I can't, I can't think of where was I? I, I the trailer thought was gone. You were going cinema. Gonna go cinema. Yeah. While Matt goes calm. Yeah, when, <laughs> when, when we go cinema. When we go cinema. Not to the cinema. When we go cinema. Because when we go. Um, yeah, just this nice going evening. It's not a lot of people around. Just like. Darling, retrieve the keys. We are go cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. oh, Philip, it's time to go Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> to the palace. Oh. Sorry. Oh, this is not going to pick up. Okay, well, maybe I'll talk about social life. Yeah, now. go on. Yeah, go on. At least I'll be able pick to talk up about and then, it. And then we'll, we'll contribute where we can. Yeah. You know what I, what I noticed about it is, I, you know, a lot of my friends um, became dads a bit before I did. And the first one was um, one of my old school friends. He uh, became a dad unexpectedly around, well, I think maybe even five years ago. And like, we, we used to see each other all the time, right? We used to ca- we used to see each other like maybe once, twice a week. After we, go to cinema. we used to go restaurants. <laughs> we used to go gigs. In it all, yeah, and all that, all that sort of stuff, and like we saw, we saw each other regularly since we were like teen. Well, um, I think we met when we were twelve or thirteen, and so long time friends. And then he became a dad all of a sudden, first of my friends to ever become a parent, and then sort of everything changes in terms of your interactions with that individual. And then more and more people became dads, and then sort of more social life changed. So by the time I became a parent, I was kind of prepared for what it would be like, which is not going out every week with friends anymore not being able to do these things not being able to be out late if you do go out in the evening get back early and not leave yeah. your wife in the in the shit with, mm-hmm. with all that sort of stuff and part of me does kind of miss what it was like to be able to be spontaneous like mm. i love being a dad but i do sometimes miss the fact that you could go out with for a drink with someone after work yeah like maybe you'd meet i used to meet up with friends in soho um, for a pint or two and there could be times where you don't get home till three in the morning and you go on all these crazy adventures and those just aren't really feasible anymore no now, nah, no that don't happen yeah and you know part of me's kind of happy about that because you know 
You're getting you, healthy. You get to a point where I've lost a bit of weight recently. Yeah, yeah. Actually yeah. Um, and yeah, you, you kind of get to a point where you kind of had every kind of night out you can have. Like yeah. every night out you have, you've already had a number of times before. So it's a case of diminishing returns. Mm. But I can't pretend that there aren't times when I think wish i was out there being irresponsible and making bad choices <laughs> because sometimes bad choices are a hell of a lot of fun yeah um, i agree yeah but it is what it is um so another thing that changes or, or can change oh actually we touched on fitness just now so let's let's go with that mm. because i mean i i know i put on a lot of weight after amelie was born because mm-hmm. i just wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. i was eating badly my sleep pattern was out of whack mm-hmm. um you mentioned you were going to to going gym mm-hmm. a lot yeah yeah, yeah yeah so so what's your experience magnus been of of the fitness side of everything so before quinn was born um i embarked upon a whole fitness regime where i got a personal trainer i changed the way i, I, I ate um and yeah it was it was really good it was the strongest i ever was mm. um i could run it was just it was really really good uh but a month before quinn was born things started to get too much the projects at work were a lot uh, Romana needed to be helped a lot more you know anything below uh, waist knee high was just off limits so I needed to be there um, and then Quinn was born and I didn't go gym for about five months maybe went a couple times before so went to shit yeah so went to shit Do, yeah. could you estimate how much weight you put on because I can give you an estimate of how much I think I put on yeah. I think I've got about three stone. Really? Yeah. Like from, from, from when I was thinnest. Wow. Yeah. 18 kilos. That's a lot, man. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Well, cause I was working from home as well. And yeah. so like, yeah. and I was in the middle, nice. I, was, I was in Islington. So I had like everything on my doorstep. So I could, I was still going out, but. So how much did you weigh at your peak? I, I didn't weigh myself, so this mm-hmm. is guesstimate. Yeah, but you were always skinny. I mean, I, I've always no, known you scrawny, scrawny, lanky kind of mat. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I did like being skinny, but um, mm. in, and I've yo-yoed a little bit, but I haven't been heavy mm. for since I was doing my undergrad degree mm-hmm. in like two thousand and three, two thousand and four, and mm-hmm. so I'm just on the way back now from being quite heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, the weight's falling off without me having to do yeah. anything. I'm just being active. Yeah, and you know, um, and and that's doing the trick. But yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so for for me, I had a goal of hitting 100 kilograms, but that was, you know, I wanted to put muscle on for that, and I did hit 100 kilograms. How much do you weigh now? now I think 97. That's all right. But a lot of the a lot of the the muscle that I had has been converted to fat. Mm-hmm. You can see it, like on the arms, the the bulge I had from the bicep has gone. Things like that, and I've got a, a more of a gut now, and there is there's more of a double chin compared. Mm. But, but when when Quinn was born, my, my fitness went to shit for for both of us. You know, we were eating crap because we, we, we're, it's we're the on easiest a, thing to do, man. It really is. Yeah, we had no one to cook meals for us. We had no one to do anything. We're you know we're we're basically on our own in this country. Um, so there was no support, uh, and that you know there's some things I have to give. So the diet that that kind of went to the shitter god now john i remember vividly when you started to get fitter mm. back at when we worked at our old company you used to never do anything fitness wise mm. you know or, or at least i didn't think you did yeah and then all of a sudden you started running to and from work yeah like you used to run from catford to bermondsey yeah and yeah. back every day so t- tell us about your fitness journey so God, I think the when I because it all started off with me having the crap beaten out of me by three guys 
in London Bridge. Oh, wow. Outside. This has taken a serious turn. No, no. I was outside my mate's house in London Bridge, um, knocking at his door, waiting to go in. And these guys have followed me from the station. I got bottled. Thank God the bottle didn't break, but they kept whacking me in the face with a glass bottle. Um, and after that, I, I remember walking home one night and feeling a little scared. And I was like, I don't want to feel like this ever again. And then a mate of mine got me into kickboxing. Um, uh, yeah. And that kicked off that way. And I used to do kickboxing every Friday and really enjoyed it. And then, so 2000 and, so I, I was 117 kilos at one point. Um, I'm 83 now to give you an idea. So I've lost a bit. Um, and I think that switch of losing weight started with a kickboxing. But then when <clears throat> Elisa got diagnosed with MS in 09, we got married in 2010. Uh, and in 2010, Christopher was born. And I said, you know what, 2011, I'm going to run the London Marathon. And that's when I started running. So I started because I had to do, you need to run roughly 40 kilometers a week. Um, so I needed to run at least 40 kilometers a week. So I started running up and down. And then I started pushing training a little further. I was like, what if I run it with a sweatsuit? And I started running it with a sweatsuit. Oh, God, yeah. And then you that. start losing weight like there's no tomorrow. And I no, just drop and drop. Have, was it a silver <laughs> Sort of yeah, silver thing. Everlast plastic sweatsuit. Jesus, yeah. I remember ripping you for that. Yeah, I think everyone still does. I mean, I, I still have a sweatsuit. I still run with it around my house. I and have stuff. no idea what a sweatsuit is. What, it's, what it, is this? It's, it's like wearing a tent. Is it like it's tin like foil? Plastic. No, it's a plastic okay. uh, it's a plastic suit that makes you sweat. It's like a sauna, um, oh. effectively, and you just drop a ton of weight. Is it's it when like you, those emergency blankets? No, it's literally... It, it's elasticated around your wrists uh -huh. and, your, and the trousers and the top and everything. It's like... Uh, close elastic to your neck so you just keep the heat in and you sweat like an animal mm -hmm. literally so no it's amazing okay. i um but yeah i i ended up doing that and i think since then i got hooked on fitness it's my only quiet time once you have kids it's the fact that it's either you do something really late at night yeah which gaming is one of the things i yeah. do Ooh. and the other thing is early in the morning so i get up at half four i go to the gym so I get to the gym, I'm at the door at six in the morning, first into the gym. There's three of us guys that go in first and it's always us, us three that are in there early. And you, I'm literally, I'll do a two hour workout three, four times a week. Yeah. So what time are you going to bed to get up at half four in the morning? Depends. It depends. Sometimes at nine, sometimes at 11. It just depends on and the And you night. can get to sleep, you know, regardless of what time you go to bed or do you ever struggle to get to sleep? If I struggle to go to sleep, I just take baclofen, which is the muscle relaxing I get given for my MS and I just pass out and sleep. So, Don't yeah. do that at home, kids. No, baclofen is good, man. It's it's a ten milligram tablet. It's a tiny tablet. It's um, again. Don't do that at home. Oh, great stuff to sleep with, man. I mean, me. like you know, if clearly it works for John, but. Don't don't drug yourself to sleep. You know we all saw what they did to Michael Jackson, and the same for Prince as well. Yeah, I, I do it are once you, a week. You, if that. are you gonna are you gonna be like Michael Jackson, John? What raping kids? No, oh, <laughs> Jesus. No, this is overly honest dads, but it's not like overly pedophile dads. Yeah, Jesus true. Christ, I mean, John. Yeah. Rape is not funny. Sorry, so, my mind went there. <laughs> John so casually. Yeah. So how'd you get to? Yeah. Well, you know, I take back of him. No, but back of has been given to me for my MS. Man, it's fine. Right, it's not that bad. This is not a common thing. It's not helpful for anyone. John. No, self medication yeah. is rarely the answer. You know, it's like me saying I just get blind drunk to go to sleep at nine o'clock. It's like it's not the done thing. Yeah, but but I, I do agree with you in terms of the the downtime where you're, should I say quiet times? Yeah, the yeah, quiet time. The quiet, the quiet time for me. It's when I when I um, go for a shit when I have a shower. And I put the lock on the door and I need to be left alone. Yeah, but yeah. you'd be surprised when they grow up and they start talking. That is no longer quiet no, time because they'll be not. shouting from yeah. the outside. And so that's when it moves to the night time. 
because mm. that's that's your yeah. man time and I agree with mm. that. I do the same thing as John, Matt, now I do. Quinn wakes up kind of early, so I'll wake up a little bit earlier and I will go to bed really late because no one can get to me yeah at all yeah, gaming is same, great right? gaming at night is great and then gym in the morning for me gym in the morning is great and i've noticed that so I, I last year i was talking with some colleagues female colleagues and i said oh they get quite bothered in in the gym by guys and i'm just like all oh, right and then i noticed that really early in the morning actually it's me and two other guys and then there's a bunch of girls that start really early in the morning i think because they don't get bothered because there's no one there and no one wants to talk to each other that early in the morning do you yeah. know what i mean so it's pretty amazing it, it, you get to do nice. your workout and Great. you know i i love it and yeah. you can push you start becoming competitive with yourself because it then becomes a hobby yeah so at the moment i'm like pushing limits i'm like i've got an oxygen restriction mask and i'm cycling 20 minutes with that and i'm doing this and that and you start pushing things further and further and you find yourself fitter than you used to be because it's a hobby to get away from dad life in a way, <laughs> like which is a healthy way of doing it, to be honest. Yeah, Better than agreed. drinking or whatever. So what do agreed. you think about Donald Trump's belief that you shouldn't exercise because every individual has a finite amount of energy? And if you exercise, <laughs> you use up that energy and die early. What do you think about that? Um, I, I think I have a lower heart rate than anyone I know. If we count heartbeats on how many heartbeats you're allowed in a lifetime, I'll live longer than anyone I know. <laughs> if you really want to go down that, or the amount of energy you have, if that's the case, then I'm, I'm still yeah. outlive anyone. Um, so, and I so don't think it's down to too I, much exercise. I, I, I believe our, so in a human life, an average amount of heartbeats is 10 billion. Mm. Is that right? I, I, I've never counted. No. <laughs> Jesus, such a know-it-all. <laughs> so no, I, I'm saying I didn't know. <laughs> so I, I believe it's 10 billion. But for, for mice, guess what it is? And they live around two years. 22 million pounds. It's the same. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. it's okay. the same. But obviously their hearts beat a lot faster. Mm -hmm. I think 40 <laughs> times faster Damn. than ours. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, don't quote me on this. This is fucking pop science. Um, mammals, we've, we've all got equivalent heart rates. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I run between 45 and 50 beats a minute mm -hmm. when I'm sitting down. And I'm really? walking around, I'm like 63 something. Yeah. See, for me, I got down to 60 Yeah. when I when I was working out. And it was going down and down. Mm -hmm. I think the lowest I went down was 50. Cardio would bring it down. It's the running that brought it down yeah. for me. The running completely killed it. Like, yeah. brought, brought it down massively. So w w when you were unfit, when you started, what was it? Oh, drugs. I, I did a lot of drugs. I ended up in rehab. I'm quite open about it. Um, and I came out of rehab and ate a ton. Like, I meant your heart rate, John. <laughs> oh, you meant the heart rate. I, I thought the heart. weight. I thought you talking the weight. What got worse? Because the, the, the weight, the weight, the weight for me, I got fat and the heart rate was terrible when yeah. after the, the rehab and stuff, I was eating crap. I was 117 kilos. I was freaking huge. So what was your resting heart rate then? 80 something. Like yeah. it's quite high, man. It's quite high. Like yeah. if you think about I'm half of that now, that's Dude. insane. So I've, I've got a uh, Polar, H1 Polar. Oh, wow. Um, which is, yeah, love it. Fantastic. And my resting heart rate at the minute is high 70s. Damn. Man. I know. I know. That's you need to really run. bad. That's really I was bad. like 87 or something. Yeah. Like it was quite high. Yeah. Yeah. I need to sort that out. Yeah. yeah. So, Running and, and eating less, less. Yeah processed food i mean that's that's literally what we'll do we'll resting heart rate is a very good indicator of your fitness mm. very even if you mm. feel fine resting heart rate and blood pressure very good indicators mm. so make sure you get those tested guys 
Some good advice here. I'm sure you'll agree, listeners, from these two gentlemen who are actually quite knowledgeable about fitness. I know nothing about fitness. Really, all I know is about how to speak correctly about where you're going. Um, so we're going to take another quick break and then we're going to come back <laughs> in you, the Matt. home straight. I'm going to talk about work, mental health and all of that wonderful stuff. So go and make a cup of tea, go for a wee, do whatever you need to do and join us back here in just a moment. Welcome back to the final section of this episode of Overly Honest Dads. So we're talking about before versus after in terms of the general context of our lives. We talked about social life and fitness. And the next thing I want to talk about is your relationship with your partner. And what we should talk about is the contents of your farts, because I can still smell it and it's horrendous. Well, you know, (laughs) I I had to throw that in there because it's still quite harsh. It's been at least two minutes. It's still lingering. Can you taste it? Yeah, that, that's a dad fart right there, man. Yeah, oh yeah. I can't, you know what I can't wait to do? Pull my finger. My dad used to do that to me all the time. You know what pull my finger Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they love it. They love it. My wife hates me for it, but they yeah. fucking love it. Yeah, my dad always used to say, oh, did you hear that That motorbike go past? Ashley did a fart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I, I do that with Alex and she's always seems like disappointed in me. <laughs> but I know Emily will love it. And Emily's I mean, laughing at your kids' farts is so, it's, it's just such good fun. Yeah, it is. It is. So Quinn has been doing raspberries as of late, like ah, a, yeah. a lot of raspberries. So I did one really loud one back at her. She turned around and looked at mummy, looked back at me and started wailing. <laughs> 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 oh, it was so funny. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, relationship with partners. Like we talked in the first few episodes about watching your wife or partner go through the whole pregnancy and giving birth thing and, and sort of how that sort of changes the way you look at your partner. But, you know, your day-to-day relationship, if you, you know, is, is a very important thing. When you're with your partner for a long time, you have habits um, that you get into, routines, um, ways that you talk to each other, things that you do, and then everything changes when you have kids. So let's go to John first on this. So talk about your relationship with your wife, how it's developed from when Chris came to today when you're the parents of three kids. I think there's there's an aspect of the before pregnancy, after pregnancy relationship, which I find quite interesting because you're effectively, during pregnancy, you're effectively the servant. And after pregnancy, a month or two later, you're still expected to be the same servant. It's like, uh-uh. That that shit's over. I'm sorry, but you know he does have a point mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, now the service goes to the kid. It's not ah, oh, get me the remote. You're standing next to it. Pick it up yourself. Like you're not pregnant anymore. And and we didn't quite. I wasn't that really that rude, but it was it was sort of like I I'm not gonna do that anymore because you're not pregnant anymore. If that makes sense. And I think that kind of hurts them because it's like, well, I got treated like a princess for nine months. What the fuck is going on? And I think that is that is a, a change in relationship that happens just after pregnancy, which I find quite interesting. Um, and the other thing is kids are great, but my God, they're the biggest cock blockers ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you might have a quiet time. You might, can we get, can we get sex in there? I was like, you little shit. <laughs> I love you, but you little shit. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, that's, that's one big part. But I think, um, after the first one, the second and third, you're just more prepared for it mm. of what's going to happen. So I think it's less of an impact, but I think the first was quite an impact, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I think now it's because they're growing up a little more and we have a routine. So we're quite strict on a routine. Seven, half seven, they're in bed. Even if they're playing, they're in bed and then they'll fall asleep and they'll drift off by the time it's eight o'clock. 
and they'll sleep and they get up early anyway. Whether they go to bed late or early, they would always get up early anyway. So we put them at bed at seven, half seven. And at least we get a bit of quiet time. Um, and then we have a thing where when possible, we have like time alone and we leave the kids with other people. But it, it does change things with kids. I mean, everything revolves around them. Mm-hmm. And I think you're no longer, oh, it's my husband. It's more like the father of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it just becomes that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm probably getting way ahead of myself with this, but do you ever talk about what it will be like for you guys once the kids have grown up? Because, you know, it won't be all that long in the grand scheme of things till Christopher's 18, like mm-hmm. he's nine already. So it's just that again, and he's 18, and then the others will get older, you know, really quickly. So what, have you ever talked about that? Yeah, it's quite weird because I, um, we like all sorts of different things and not the same. We don't have one hobby in common. <laughs> it's just, it's quite crazy, but it's turning okay. out that like, like even TV shows and stuff, like I like different stuff than she does. So when the kids go away, it'll be a, an interesting rediscovery of things mm. to put it nicely. Um, because it would be, you know, for the moment life revolves around the kids and then when they go, you'd have to sort of work around building a relationship again without kids involved, which I think would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I empathize with him on that. I think. Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, Magnus, you've been through all this very recently with the whole kids coming along. So how have things been with you and Romana? And by the way, when I talk about this, I'm not just talking about sex. Although, mm. you, you know, you can feel free to talk about that if you want. But mm. I'm more interested in sort of the little interactions and the in the overarching themes of your relationship and how that's yeah. changed. Well, I, I will give Romana some credit. She was pretty good when she was pregnant. And um, she was willing to to do things that maybe I could have helped her out with. Um mm. She wasn't that much of a princess, but she, she, I, j- j- just to add and go on a slight tangent, she looked fantastic when she was pregnant. She you really saying did. This. Yeah. Did, I, did I say this before? Oh, you, oh, yeah, you yeah, said yeah. it four times. I'm just remembering yeah, her now. She looks got so pregnancy good. Fetish. I don't, you, I don't. No, look, no, don't no. deny it. We're no. not going to judge you. No, no, no. I promise you, I didn't, and I still don't. Yeah. However, my opinions of pregnant women were different prior. To, this to, sounds like pregnancy fetish. It, it's not a pregnancy fetish. I've not felt the pregnancy porn, Jesus. Maybe I've tried <laughs> it, but it's not my thing. <laughs> Maybe like tonight. Porn, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, however, uh, after the pregnancy, yeah, the, the, the dynamic completely changed. Um, I, I would say it took a major toll on our relationship. Okay. Like, a, like a real, yeah, like a, like a big toll. Um, because we were sleep deprived. We didn't know what we yeah. were doing, you know. That has a bit of a big effect. Massive. Huge. Yeah. The sleep deprivation is the worst thing because it causes you to snap a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, and I, I tend to keep things in for a long time and then I outlet, outlet it later on. We're talking weeks into yeah. the future. Um, and that, that's not, that's not good. And no. R- R- Romana herself will... When she's sleep deprived, she will almost throw tantrums mm. and I can't handle that. And she's not the tantrum kind of person. Yeah, she's very mature. Um, so we, we, we had issues where we were at each other's throat, but at the same time, the next day we were just finding each other as rocks. Yeah, we saw each other as, uh, each other as rocks. Um, and that was really beautiful. Uh, but on, on the whole, I would say it's brought us closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have this thing in common now. Um, Quinn was planned. She is absolutely fantastic. We're really happy that she's here, like really bloody happy. Um, and that's now a new source of love 
for us. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's been very difficult. Very, very difficult. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'm was not... that a father <laughs> no. in the background? <laughs> in the background? It was almost like it was loading up, ready, <laughs> ready to fire. But I'm not going to pull the trigger. Um, All right. You're safe for the time being, because honestly, I disgusted myself before. Pull my finger. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that. It'd be so funny. Um, but yeah, I, I can echo a lot of what Magnus is saying. Um, although we didn't really have. We haven't really had many arguments, Alex and I. Um, we had a couple, like when I was in a home-based job, I'd sometimes take the fact that I didn't have a set start time to sleep in a little bit because my sleep pads were way out of whack. I was going to bed at like four or five in the morning for a while and then I'd sleep in till like 10 o'clock. Alex would be up from six with Emily and wondering why I wasn't there. And that was fair enough, you know, she yeah. had a point with that. And, and so now at weekends... I'm up at the same time that she is like, you know, mm-hmm. the no more lions thing has hit me. And I understand that everything to do with the old life has gone away. I probably part of me clung to it a little bit more than I, I perhaps should have done. Um, but yeah, I think any tension we've had is mostly come out of me being an idiot more than anything else. Yeah. And guys are idiots. Yeah. Are, and, and sort of sometimes I think um, without wishing to generalize, some men can just act like kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and when you have an actual kid to look after, you can't be no. acting like a kid yourself. And no, also, agreed. you know, you want your kid to look up to you and you want your wife or partner to respect you and admire you. And you can't do that whilst For your own out. self-respect as well. You want to be a reliable person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to be a waste man. No. Um, that's what the kids say, isn't it? Waste man. That is. That yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, yeah when they go cinema. When they yeah, go they cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think there's an also an, an admiration aspect that comes out of it. I mean, I don't know how this will change once Emily goes to nursery. So I mentioned to you guys earlier, Emily's going to nursery in September for mm. the first time. Then Alex will be back at work and Alex won't be doing the stay-at-home mum role. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how it changes then because then we'll be more equal in our in in what we're doing day to day mm-hmm. and there'll be more money coming in mm-hmm. i mean one thing we haven't really talked about on the podcast so far is about the financial pressures of having a kid and you know when you are the one person that's earning and you're going out to work then the dynamic changes like yeah. you, john you said about um how you wait hand and foot on your partner when they're pregnant i had a similar thing so i used to make fancy dinners for Alex most nights when she was pregnant I'd like spend like an hour in the kitchen cooking up something really tasty for her to have and that continued through um through Emily being born until I started this job in an office around six weeks ago now I can't come home every day and cook for an hour after I've been at work all day mm-hmm. um and so I just had to say no I'm not going to cook cook as much anymore and I think Alex was at first really pissed off mm-hmm. and then it sort of struck her well maybe actually it's not fair to expect someone to go out to work all day come home and then be in the kitchen for like an hour mm. an hour and a half every day so we've had to find a new dynamic there but that's just not mm. exactly not like it caused yeah. tension or anything like that how are you finding working in an office as opposed to working at home um I, are you still able to masturbate your desk <laughs> um it depends on who's near me yeah i mean sometimes you just have to go to the toilet rather than do it at your desk i mean i know that sounds like savagery um, wipe it off and apologise yeah oh. <laughs> that's the joke is it? what do you do Just if you come smash. across a tiger is it, it yeah is, you wipe yeah. off and apologise um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah Disgusting. but this actually leads nicely on to the because I was, was going to talk about work and how that changes um, because you, you know you have to go out to work there's no way unless you're minted there's no way that you can just 
be at home mm. um, as the man. And, you know, we're not going to get into the gender politics of maternity leave or anything like that. We can save that for people probably better qualified to talk about gender politics. I'd hate that. I think yeah, if we talked about... Three gen- HR people sitting around the table, but yeah. Yeah, but not- honestly, it would be a shit show if we it tried would, to talk about would, that, sh- that stuff. And any listeners we had would be automatically put off forever. Um, but yeah, um, how have you guys found found this? John, you're, I mean, you've got more experience than us on this sort of subject, so... I... So I've got an interesting situation because obviously my granddad is fairly well off and I found myself when we had kids that I wanted to bring in the money. I didn't want to rely on family, didn't want to rely on anybody. I wanted to make my own money. And I think I got quite stubborn in that. And I think with Christopher, he came in 2011. When I got diagnosed with MS in 2013, like light switched on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to change job, but I knew what I need to do. And all of a sudden there was a plan. I know what I needed to do. And I'm, I've made giant steps in my career. And I think it's all driven by the kids. Yeah. I don't think I would have done as much as I've done. I, if I it think wasn't we've for the kids. all seen that. You really have like from I've, your body to you, yeah. your, your, your work. Cause you gotta, I, I gotta last longer on this earth mm. to look after them. And I want them to be looked after and I want it to, no, well, no secret between us. I don't care about saying it, but my father has gone bankrupt three times. My granddad's always paid him off and that always got under my skin. I never want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I want to be the guy that provides, if that makes sense. I want to take example off my granddad mm-hmm. in a way. You know, he's bought all these kids' houses, more than one. They all had everything they needed, anything they wanted to do, they had. I want to be that guy. I want to provide that for my kids as much as I might spoil them, but that's what I want to do. Um, and that is really what, like it switched. 2013, I was like, this needs to change. Boom. And within a year, I was in a new job. I've, I've been at the same job, the same company. We do, we were together for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I was just coasted along because I didn't care. I honestly didn't care. I'd been, I was part of the furniture. We had Nerf guns in the office, for God's sake. We yeah. were shooting each other with Nerf guns. Oh, there was no we, one running that office. It was there was no one running the office. Yeah, it was an absolute joke. We it were making money for the company. Don't get me wrong. We were making money. But it was just a, a, a piss take. And I was yeah. coasting. And then you just switch agreed and you know and then now i've developed i've learned i'm getting you know the cipd and all the rest of it and you know learned a lot and you know whatnot but it's just part of having kids and growing up the one say one thing i will say about work is the fact that i always when we were working at the company think our working from home would be awesome when you have kids it's not sustainable not i can't i can't one my kids have no boundaries and yeah. my wife has no boundaries. Oh, can you take this out? Can you do this? And it's just like, this. I'm actually working. This. <laughs> like this fucking thing. I agree. It's she this. she will have a go at me for saying this because she'll say, I don't do that. But Likewise, she does. Just say she, it. She does. Just say it because she I does. want someone to agree with Speak me your here. Truth, Romana, you need to listen to this. Yeah. Carry on, John. No, but it's true. It's just like no boundaries. Like if I'm working, I genuinely need to work. Like... It just, it's not, uh, it's not an optional thing that I, Great. oh, can you go to the shop or can we go, can you go, can you take the kids this morning? At the beginning, she used to get pissed off when I didn't take the kids. I'm like, I've got calls at nine, at half eight. I don't have the calls when I want to. They're mm-hmm. set when they're set. I need to be on the phone. I need to be on video calls. Yeah. I can't just be, and she just didn't get the idea of it. So I, I had a meeting with my new client and it was a team meeting. Before you had a meeting with your wife. Like. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it, it, we were going to have one afterwards, but we had the meeting with, well, I was having a meeting with the client and uh, the front room and the bedroom. Video call or phone? Telephone. telephone. Yeah, it was a Skype call. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the front room and the bedroom are actually next to one another. Yeah. And that's where Quinn has her naps. So I need both doors to be closed. 
because sound will filter through the, cr- the creeks. It will do. If, you, if, if the door is open just a little bit, you will hear it, especially on a, a Skype call. And so I'm, I'm, I'm on this Skype call with my new team and there's some very important people on that call, you know, directors, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we're, we're having a good time on the call and all I hear in the background is Quinn's scream, is a squeak from her. And Romy didn't close the door. And then she comes in and looks at me. I don't know why she was getting something. And I'm there. I'm turning around at her, just motioning to her, close the door, just do something, leave. And she just looked at me and let the sound carry on. And I remember thinking to myself, I can't do this. This, this, yeah. this, is, this is not right. Yeah, and I've been yeah. working at home for nearly five years. Yeah. And the last six months have made me think, I can't do it. So that's no, why you I've can't. got the, the desk space now. You can't do it. It's impossible. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I I can't. I can't. I mean, I, I had my infusion today and I had to, you know, work from home. But it's, it's practically impossible because the moment they get home from school and on top of that, and my wife will hate me again for saying this, Italians are loud. <laughs> I'm not shouting. Yes, you are. You're shouting even when you're talking. And... Enough closed doors won't cover it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just like, and plus we have three floor. We we lived in a terraced house, three floors. The shouting that goes on in my house is insane, and I'm and I have to lose my mind saying I'm on a call. Can everyone just shut up or just go downstairs? And mm. it's just there is no limits like there, and I can't work from home. Yeah, no chance. Yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. But we're talking about first world problems to be honest. I mean, shout out to all the dads out there to do manual jobs and yeah, provide a yeah, different way. Because I mean, we, we or, got it. We got it easy enough. Or office. also the scumbag dads who don't work. <laughs> You know, let, let's give them some respect because it must be hard dealing with that guilt of being failures. Um, so I wanted to, to mention... Thank you, Matt. Well, That's beautiful. Did, oh, my. That All is right. beautiful. Um, beautiful. Beautiful. So I wanted to mention as well the home-based stuff because I was working from home for the first sort of six or seven months of Emily's life. And I am so glad I don't anymore. Like, yeah. I, I was so um, pissed off. I, not pissed off at alex or amley or anything like that like there was no personal ambulance towards towards them but just i wasn't seeing anyone and you need to hang around with people you need to yeah. have although i i hate small talk with a passion sometimes having just that little bit of human human interaction with an individual yep. elevates your day mm-hmm. and it doesn't i don't feel like less of a father because i'm not around during the day if anything seeing amelie's smiley face when i come home like she's so smiley when i come home and that just warms my heart so much i do yeah. miss him so much during the day mm. like it hurts mm. like quite a few times i'll pick up pick up my phone and look at pictures of her. I think I've mentioned that on yeah. another episode. And yeah, I'll just flick through photos or ask or ask Alex for photos. Um, so, so yeah, but it makes me a better person to go out there into yeah. the world every day rather than just be at home and never see anyone other than my wife and child. Yeah. It makes me a better husband. It makes me a better father. Yeah. Now, I, to finish off, there was one thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, about a year or so ago, I read an article and it was about male mental health, uh, sort of, middle-aged to maybe sort of the upper end of middle-aged men, people that are maybe in their sort of mid-50s, people who have salaried jobs, maybe fairly high-level salary jobs, people that are earning, you know, maybe between 80 and 150,000 a year. And it was in the Times. I, I couldn't find the article, cause it, again, because it's behind a paywall and I'm not going to spend money <laughs> finding that article. But the, essentially the crux of it is that there are lots of men out there who get in situations where they have big families, the families need looking after, and they end up doing a job they hate um, for years and years and years because they don't really have any other option. Um, you know, your partner and, and your kids get used to a certain standard of life. 
And you as an individual kind of are expected to keep providing that. And so people end up feeling trapped and they don't really know why they're doing it anymore. But similarly, they can't really find a way out of it. And certainly me as a new dad, I feel the responsibility to provide more than I used to. If I lost my job, you know, five years ago, I'd have survived fine. There wouldn't have been any issues. I could have eaten baked beans for a few weeks and everything would have survived. But now it's different. And I did actually lose my job Um around two months ago and it was scary as fuck yeah uh, now it's all sorted it was all sorted really quickly there was no there was no sort of lingering issues but i just want to throw this out there to you guys about how you feel sort of long term about the pressure of providing for your family and how you feel that would affect your mental health have you thought about it yeah um have you considered 100%. you know how you can protect against this thing happening just just want to throw it out there well, can I just loop this back with what John was saying? What you were saying about how some years back you needed to sort your life out and you went ahead and you went, you absolutely just went for it. And now you, you're in a really good situation, which is fantastic. I had a similar kind of thing. Romana told me that she wanted to have kids before the age or by the age of 30. Yeah. Which we did. We actually managed to, to meet it. Quinn was born on her 31st birthday, but it's, it is what it is. And I had a plan of earning a certain amount of money, yeah, and that needed sacrifice. That needed me to work long hours. That needed me to speak to, to people, socialise in ways which maybe took away from socialising at home with Romana. Mm-hmm. And there was some some aversion from her. I, I don't think she understood what I was doing. Now that we are where we are, Still, I'm not sure she kind of understood the, the what I needed to do, the stress that it caused me mm. um, to get where I am. And if you, if you look at lots of guys out there that are providing for their partners, mm-hmm. because it is a fucking expectation. It's a, it's a societal expectation that the man provides. As much as it's 2018, it is. 2019. What did I say? 2018. Ah. Oh. And you know I'm, I'm stuck in the past. Accuracy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm stuck in the past. Um, and it it, it 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 can weigh really heavily yeah. upon a guy. It's it's really bloody difficult mm-hmm. to be a pillar yeah. that everyone else mm-hmm. is leaning on, and yeah. you've got no one else to to support you. Mm. Or at, at times it can feel like that. I um, totally agree beyond belief, but I also. I, I think it takes a certain type of guy. And going back to your joke earlier, scumbag dad, they sleep at night. I couldn't sleep at night like that. And I think none of us three could do that because yeah, all three no. of us are very responsible in that sense. And I think that is something you have in you, whether it's experiences you had when you were younger, which for mm. the three of us, I think it might be. I mean, for us too, definitely, I don't know about you, Matt, but definitely it's experiences when you're younger and you just want to take responsibility. I think it takes that kind of guy to take responsibility. I think for the good or the bad, I am I will provide. And it does weigh on me. It's a huge weight on my shoulders. I've got three kids, but I will make it happen. Yeah. I will make it happen no matter what is the idea. And I will tell you the strain of it, I I did go through a period where I think, should I go cancel counseling? And then I kind of found a boxing bag and I'm fine now. But I used to get into fights for no reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. I'll be on a train. Someone will annoy me, and I'll headbutt him for no reason on the way to London. Oh in yeah, a suit. You're, you're I mean, your, I'm I'm atrocious for this kind of stuff. You had your Cannon Street, yeah, incident. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, so that I come out. I don't know if I told you, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think, yeah, I think you told the story. Yeah, so I, I, I have anger issues. I know I do, and I don't let it out with the kids. I don't let it out at home. But I have anger issues because the level of pressure you're under as yeah. a father, if you want to take responsibility, is huge. Yeah, and it's not because we want to be living a plush lifestyle or anything like that. I want to. I know. So that the problem is for me, there's a reality. I've got a mess. I have 20% less life in me than the rest of you. I know I need to do certain things before I'm 40, before I'm 50, because otherwise who's going to look after the kids? Who's going to look after us, you know, with the pension and whatever else it might be. If we go on that long, unless we get nuked by the Chinese, as Matt was saying. (laughs) Um, But but the reality is I need to make sure everything is covered. And I think that gives you a drive and a pressure. It puts you under so much pressure. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's not... I think Elisa was very similar to, to your wife because Elisa didn't understand when I said, I'm going to leave the company we were all at and take a slight pay cut and the mm. overall picture of things every year, but it will be better. And she's just like, oh, you're crazy. What are you doing? Within a year, she was like, oh my God, that was the yeah. best thing you ever did. Yeah. Same here. After that, when I went to the startup that I work at now, which has now gone public and all the rest of it, she was like, oh my God, are you crazy? You're going to a company that has no money and all the rest of it. I did kind of butter it up to make it sound nicer than it was, but the reality was there was no money in the bank for that company. I joined a company that had no money. We ended up going public because the science was amazing. But now she's like, oh, it's great. And do you know what I mean? And every step, one of these steps you take, there is a level of you taking a risk, but you taking a risk for the right thing because you're doing it for the right reason. Yep. But it's a level of pressure that average Joe is not prepared to put himself under. Mm-hmm. I can tell you me 10 years ago, it's like, why do I need to put myself in that kind of stress? Who gives a damn? Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Now things have changed, but that pressure is is insane. Yeah, it's agreed, insane. man. Yeah, it really does take its toll. Mm. 2017, I think it was October, I snapped, just completely snapped. I took off, I think, four months mm. from work. I just put my hands up. I said, guys, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just uh, t- too many risks that I was mm-hmm. taking and just... A, a lot of maintenance mm. for our relationship and and the goals that we we wanted to mutually achieve but money at the end of the day really is quite important and it's i guess you know what i'm good at making what we're all good at making is what we need to make because yeah. we fucking have to mm-hmm. um and yeah it really does take its toll so th- there's a lot of guys out there yeah. that like you said originally matt are in these dead end jobs and it's routine and it's just ongoing and there's no end to it and that will fuck you up yeah that guys really guys out up. there talk talk to people talk to your mates talk to a counselor do what you need to do um for me it's quite a wake-up call because i park my car on Southwark bridge and i walk over Southwark bridge and on Southwark bridge there is a number for a charity for potential suicides on the bridge every bridge has that it's a ton of pressure everyone goes through it guys like everyone goes through it where occasionally you you have the dark moment just talk to someone get it sorted everyone goes through it you're not alone in this i mean i think every dad goes through it is the reality yeah and one thing i would say out there as well is maybe to encourage a little bit of mental better mental health is that i kind of think as parents we shouldn't worry too much about what what financial resources we leave to our kids what we should focus on more is teaching them to have positive behaviors. Yeah. Um, I know it's like a fairly stereotypical thing, but you know, the, the charity thing of don't give a man a fish, 
teach them to fish. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of the same with kids. And you see it with like the ultra rich. They don't give every they don't give a significant percentage of their wealth to their kids because they know it's going to turn them into dickheads. Mm-hmm. So instead they give them enough to to start with and then they need to learn themselves how to do it. And on a on a sort of much smaller scale, I think that, you know, the middle classes could benefit from a similar approach. Now, you know, the difference between you earning a hundred grand a year and 120 grand a year isn't going to be the difference between your kid being a good person and a bad person. Yeah. Uh, I think if you if you focus on just that bottom line and how much you leave to them, you're essentially con- condemning them to being a materialistic, yeah. a dependent Idiot. individual. Yeah. Um, and so I think if you... For for me, like the driving force of my career is my own personal satisfaction. It's not the money. It's because I want to know that I did well. It's just mm-hmm. a very personal thing. Um, and then with with Emily, I want to teach her how to be a good person. There's really good stuff out there about how anything more you earn more than sixty five grand a year makes you less happy than it would be otherwise. But that's a different subject. And we've been talking for quite a long time today. <laughs> so I think now might be a good place to wrap it up. Unless you guys have any final thoughts you want to share. No, all good. No, all good. Stay safe out there, guys. You yeah, know, there, there are people for you. There certainly are, and um, and yeah. So if you've made it to the end of this podcast, congratulations. <laughs> it's been the longest one so far, but um, I think it was good to talk about these subjects because it's a little bit different from just chatting about. Oh, we got babies. They're cute. Um, so we went deep. Yeah, and I think um, next week, what should we chat about? We'll leave it as a surprise. Yeah. And we'll figure out in a we'll WhatsApp keep it as a group. There was one thing that we were going to talk about, but it's completely escaped me. Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> yeah. Because we could probably, we could squeeze an hour out of boobs. Oh, we, we can do, squeeze. Uh, squeeze yeah. uh, two episodes <laughs> out of boobs. We can squeeze some bottles worth of boobs. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you um, out there in podcast land for joining us. We really appreciate your attention and your ears and your time. Um, you can reach us at overlyhonestdads at gmail.com. Once again, that's overlyhonestdads at gmail.com. We have a Twitter account. If you want to tweet us, you can feel free to do that. Send me uh, abusive feedback. I'm sure that we'll probably get yes. a lot from today. Because the last bit we talked about might sound quite sexist. It wasn't meant to be. Um, but we're just trying to reflect the lives that we have as they are right now. So if we've offended you, feel free to f- tell me about it and tell us about it. But at the same time, realise that we probably don't care about what you think. And also go fuck yourself. <laughs> and so all that remains is for me to thank these two knuckleheads in front of me. Thank you, Magnus. My pleasure. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, for inviting us. Yes, thank you, everyone out there. And have a great time. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.